Hello, friends. I'm Matt Baum, and thanks for subscribing to the Defining Marriage podcast, where we trace the decades-long evolution of marriage through the personal stories of those who lived through it. If you've been listening so far, every week you've heard me read one chapter of my book, Defining Marriage, Voices from a 40-Year Labor of Love. If you'd like to hear the book complete and unabridged, you can jump back and listen to the first 18 episodes of this podcast in order. Or you can pop over to Amazon and get Defining Marriage as a digital download, and now in paperback. So now that I've released the entire book as a podcast, for the next few episodes, I'll be revisiting the marriage work that I did as a reporter and activist over the last decade. I've gathered news clips, interviews, and analysis from the dark days of marriage inequality. I'll play them for you and then talk about what was happening back then, which predictions came true, which were a little off the mark, and what's changed in the intervening years. Last week, I covered three misleading national ads that the National Organization for Marriage ran after Prop 8 passed. This week, we'll take a look at some ads that the anti-gay industry targeted to specific states, and we'll talk about why, in every case, they failed to have the impact they were supposed to. We'll start with an ad from 2010 in Iowa. A few years earlier, the Iowa Supreme Court had ruled that the state constitution required marriage equality. In 2010, three of those judges were up for re-election. It's a weird quirk in some states. Voters get to pick their judges, even though voters have no idea what qualifies someone to be a good Supreme Court justice. Nam saw an opportunity there and started running commercials that encouraged voters to throw the pro-equality justices out of office. I responded with a video of my own debunking theirs. Here it is. Hey, it's Matt from Stop8.org. The National Organization for Marriage just put out another ad, and I can't tell whether it's intentionally misleading or just ignorant. Let's take a look. Activist judges. Oh, gotta stop you there. Activist judges is what we call weasel words, or words that sound like they're important, but actually aren't. When they say activist judges, what they really mean is just judges we don't like. In truth, these judges aren't activists. In fact, there's nothing in the record to even suggest they have an agenda. Activist judges on Iowa's Supreme Court have become political, ignoring the will of voters. Yeah, I'm not sure if you're aware of how judges work, but it's not like American Idol where you get to call in to make the final decision. Judges judge. Ignoring the will of the people is kind of their job. And imposing same-sex marriage on Iowa. More weasel words. Nothing's been imposed. If you don't want to get gay married, you don't have to get gay married. The only ones doing any imposing, that is, forcing their values on other people, are the National Organization for Marriage, which is trying to force marriage bans on people like you and me. Liberal, out-of-control judges. Actually, the judges' records are so nonpartisan, they're kind of boring. Justice Baker was a member of the Ethics and Grievance Committee, Justice Strait was chair of the Rules Committee, and Justice Turnus was on a court management committee. Yeah, these people are totally out of control. Ignoring our traditional values and legislating from the bench. Uh, whose traditional values exactly? Ours? We have many different traditional values, including equality, fairness, self-determination, and inclusion. Just because your announcer has a deep voice doesn't mean you get to decide what our values are. Imposing their own values on Iowa. First of all, we've been through the whole imposing thing already. And second of all, that wasn't a complete sentence. In the future, if you need help writing a document, please consult Clippy for assistance. If they can usurp the will of voters... The word usurp means take control, so unless you mean they're hypnotists taking over the will of the people, no, the judges can't do that. If you meant adjudicate, then yes, that is what judges do. To learn more about the basic fundamental principles of the American judicial system, visit your local library. What will they do to other long-established Iowa traditions and rights? So let's look at the images that accompany this message. Uh, a couple with a baby, the Pledge of Allegiance, a girl doing what appears to be her mother's taxes, and hunters. 
And this is what to do with marriage, exactly? The problem with the slippery slope is that it slips both ways. You could just as easily say, if they can permit voters to usurp the Equal Protection Clause of the Constitution, what other rights will they allow voters to take away? Three of these judges are now on the November ballot. Send them a message. Vote no on retention of Supreme Court justices. Nice idea, but it doesn't really work that way. Judges rule on lots of different cases, so a no vote could be about any number of issues. And if you're trying to prove that the people of Iowa oppose the freedom to marry, you might just find that that isn't the case. Public support for marriage equality is at an all-time high, and goes up just about every year. As it does in every state, every year, and will continue to do until such time as we're all incredibly embarrassed that ads like these were ever even made. Watching it five years later, a couple things strike me about this video. Particularly, why did Nam even bother? Even if these judges were kicked out, it's not like their replacements were going to be able to reverse the decision. It was decided unanimously, and the judges themselves were pretty conservative. Anyone who replaced them would probably have voted the same way. So, what was Nam even hoping to achieve? Maybe they were trying to intimidate judges in other states. Rule for marriage equality and we'll take your job away. Something like that. Who knows? Anyway, back in 2010, my little YouTube video was no match for Nam, and all three judges lost their seats in the election. But then something funny happened. Two years later, another of the judges was up for retention, and this time, he was able to keep his seat. In part because by 2012, Nam had a lot less money to spread around on dumb fights that didn't actually mean anything. We'll talk about that in just a little bit. First, take a listen to another video from 2010. This one's from Minnesota, where a crazy anti-gay politician named Tom Emmer was running for governor. Nam ran ads supporting him, and I put out a video exposing their lies. So, you remember Tom Emmer, the homophobe in Minnesota who got $150,000 from Target to run for governor? Well, the National Organization for Marriage is running ads about him, and guess what? They're misleading. Check it out. The right to vote. Our most important civil right. They've got some nerve putting Martin Luther King Jr. in this ad. We're going to talk about him in just a second, so remember that he was there. Some politicians want to impose gay marriage in Minnesota without a vote. They keep trying this impose trick, but what are they talking about? How do you impose a marriage? That's like saying the First Amendment imposes religion. Giving someone a freedom isn't the same as forcing them to exercise it. So let's be clear. They are the ones imposing the ban on us. When Massachusetts did this, gay marriage was taught to first and second graders. This is gibberish. Just like you don't impose a freedom, marriage isn't taught. What Massachusetts teaches is that kids come from all different kinds of families, and they deserve to be judged not on their gender, but on the content of their character. And why is this so important? Because there is an epidemic of young gay kids who have been lied to and made to feel worthless by cruel adults like these, kids who kill themselves because they feel so alone. Massachusetts has nothing to be ashamed of. Shouldn't something this important be decided by Minnesota voters, not politicians? Now let's go back to Martin Luther King. It's largely because of his work that we have the Civil Rights Act of 1964 and the Voting Rights Act of 1965. And those were signed into law by, guess who? Politicians. Brave individuals who defied public prejudice to do what they knew was right. Besides which, isn't this an ad for a politician? We're in a gubernatorial election. There is no referendum on marriage. This whole ad is just a distraction. Mark Dayton and Tom Horner want gay marriage with no vote of the people. Here's what they're not telling you. It's not just Mark Dayton and Tom Horner. Every candidate for governor supports the freedom to marry, except Tom Emmer. He's all alone on this issue, and maybe there's a reason for that. 
Tom Emmer believes marriage is between one man and one woman. And believing something makes it true. And Emmer says, let the people vote. Really? Now, Tom Emmer likes to talk about his huge family. Is he going to say, let the people vote, if the day comes that one of his children is gay? Is he willing to put his own kids' freedom up to a vote? Emmer needs to learn that when he says, let the people vote, he's not talking about some vague principle. He's talking about real human beings who are suffering, some of whom may someday be much closer to him than he thought possible. Gay marriage has consequences. Demand your right to vote. Now let's be clear. This is a lie. Gay marriage has consequences? Name them. If you want to play the consequences game, let's talk about gay people dying alone in hospitals, getting deported, losing their homes, their families, their jobs, for no reason other than to satisfy someone's bigoted impulses. This isn't really about voting. This is about abusing the ballot, turning it into a weapon to hurt people. It's wrong, it's un-American, and it is deeply shameful behavior. I have good news and bad news about how this election went. The good news is that Tom Emmer lost by a lot. But then five years later, he ran for the seat in Congress being vacated by Michelle Bachman, and he won. So today, instead of screwing things up in Minnesota, he's screwing things up in the House of Representatives. In fact, the Republican Party just used Emmer as justification for introducing an anti-gay bill this year. They're calling it the First Amendment Defense Act, and it would eliminate non-discrimination protections for a variety of groups. I'll do my best to explain their logic, even though it's a stretch, and it's not going to make any sense. But when Republicans introduced this First Amendment Defense Act, they cited Emmer's previous election losses as evidence that it's necessary. You see, the way they saw it, Tom Emmer spoke out against gay marriage, and then he lost an election, and that means he was being discriminated against by gays, so businesses should be able to discriminate against gays. Yeah, it's crazy, especially in light of that Iowa ad in which they were telling voters to kick judges out of office. So how is that any different from voters rejecting Tom Emmer? I don't know. Like I said, it doesn't make any sense. And speaking of not making sense, let's listen to an ad they ran in Rhode Island in 2011. Back then, lawmakers were considering a marriage bill, so Nam ran some ads trying to intimidate them. Here's my response. It's 3 a.m. and I'm so tired, but I can't let this new anti-gay attack ad go unanswered. Let's have a look. A close race for governor. Lincoln Chafee gets just 36% of the vote. Yeah, and you know who got even less? Every other candidate. In fact, of the seven guys running for governor, only one was on the record as opposing marriage equality. So that means that two-thirds of Rhode Island voters wanted a governor who supports equal marriage. Neat. Fewer votes than the Cool Moose Party. Ha <laughs> the Cool Moose Party. What? That's a different race for a different office with different candidates, and the Cool Moose Party is from a different year. What are you even talking about? 80% of Rhode Islanders want the chance to vote on marriage. That's a great idea. Let's vote on everyone's marriage. Because I can't think of a better way to protect something than by voting on it. And besides, shouldn't the bedrock of society be given the same consideration as America's Funniest Home Video? Also, that 80% number, you know who paid for that study? The same people who want to vote on marriage. What an unbelievable coincidence. Call Lincoln Chafee and tell Yes, do call the governor and remind him that a poll in August showed that 59% of Rhode Islanders support marriage equality. Oh, there's the moose again. They really got a thing for that moose. Anyway, as you can see, the National Organization for Marriage paid for this ad. Let's hear what their director in Rhode Island, Chris Plant, has to say about gays. Same-sex marriage 
enshrines a tragic situation into law. Oh, how so, Chris? Uh, when ch parents die and, and we have orphans, we have divorce and all those things, we see those as tragic situations. Ah, gay, dead, what's the difference? Hey, why don't we get to vote on orphans? You can't see it on the podcast, but a cartoon moose kept popping up on the screen during that ad. Sometimes it's like Nam wants to be made fun of. Anyway, the Rhode Island fight got awfully bitter in 2011, and eventually the legislature passed a civil unions bill, and two years later, they passed a marriage bill. So, nice try, Nam. You lose again. Last, I'm going to play you two videos from 2012. One's from Washington, and one's from Maine. Both states were facing votes on marriage, and the polling was very tight. As usual, Nam put out ads full of lies, and as usual, I rebutted. Here they both are. A new anti-gay ad just launched in Washington, and it's a carbon copy of the same misleading, hurtful messages that they've run year after year in other states. But the Prop 8 trial changed things. That trial was like a Freedom to Marry Truth Commission, where we put all of their misleading claims on the stand and examined them piece by piece. And of course, AFER's expert legal team demolished all of their arguments. So let's take a look at the new Washington ad and break it down. Referendum 74 is not about equality. Gays and lesbians already have the same legal rights as married couples. No, domestic partnerships are fundamentally different from marriage. They're better than no protection at all, but they're also separate and unequal. That's not an opinion. That's according to studies from multiple states, as well as the district court's findings in the Prop 8 case, which wrote, The evidence at trial shows that domestic partnerships exist solely to differentiate same-sex unions from marriages. A domestic partnership is not a marriage. Then there's the New Jersey Civil Union Review Commission, which wrote, Separate categorization established by the Civil Union Act invites and encourages unequal treatment of same-sex couples and their children. The commission's report includes a story about a woman who couldn't get access to her partner in a hospital because the staff didn't know what a civil union was. And they heard from mental health professionals about the psychological harm that same-sex couples and their children endure because they are branded with an inferior label. And the Vermont Commission of Family Recognition and Protection found clear, significant differences between the benefits, privileges, and responsibilities attached to a civil union versus a heterosexual marriage. Among the commission's witnesses was a woman whose partner was denied health benefits by a CEO who thought that a civil union just meant moving in with your girlfriend. Then there's the Supreme Court of California, which wrote, Differential treatment at issue impinges upon a same-sex couple's fundamental interest in having the family relationship accorded the same respect and dignity enjoyed by an opposite-sex couple. And finally, the Supreme Court of Connecticut wrote, The segregation of heterosexual and homosexual couples into separate institutions constitutes a cognizable harm. So no, it's not the same. But marriage is more than a commitment between adults. It was created for the care and well-being of the next generation. Well, according to the last census, 20% of gay and lesbian couples are raising children. And we proved during the Prop 8 trial that marriage discrimination is harmful to their kids. During the Prop 8 trial, Professor Lee Badgett testified that laws like Prop 8 inflicted substantial economic harm on same-sex couples and their children. And psychologist Michael Lamb testified that for a significant number of these children raised by gay and lesbian parents, their adjustment would be promoted were their parents able to get married. Even one of the Prop 8 proponents' own witnesses, David Blankenhorn, admitted that the freedom to marry would extend a wide range of the natural and practical benefits of marriage to many lesbian and gay couples and their children. When laws like 74 have occurred elsewhere, people who disagree have faced lawsuits, fines, and punishment. 
Okay, this is a pretty transparent scare tactic. Just use some common sense. Obviously, nobody gets punished simply for disagreeing with the law. That's ridiculous. The truth is that these people did a lot more than disagree. For example, the people pictured at the top left are Jim and Mary O'Reilly. They own a resort in Vermont that refused service to a lesbian couple. Under the Vermont Fair Housing and Public Accommodations Act, that's no different from denying service on the basis of race, religion, or disability. That's why they were sued. In the upper right is Damien Goddard, a newscaster who made anti-gay statements online. Goddard claims that he was fired because of his tweet, but the news station says it was for well-documented reasons that they won't reveal since it's a personnel matter. In the lower right is Rosemary Belforti, a town clerk in New York who refused to issue marriage licenses to gay and lesbian couples. But issuing licenses is her job. She's a public official, and she wanted free reign to only serve certain citizens and leave the rest to fend for themselves. Government employees just can't do that. Republican San Diego Mayor Jerry Sanders put it best during the Prop 8 trial. If government tolerates discrimination against anyone for any reason, it becomes an excuse for the public to do exactly the same thing. And the fourth couple, we actually don't know who that is. Do you recognize them? Let us know in the comments if you know who they are. You can oppose same-sex marriage and not be anti-gay. That is grammatically weird, logically weird, and legally wrong. Our opponents oppose the freedom to marry because they say that gay and lesbian couples are inferior to straight couples. That is the definition of anti-gay, and it cannot be the basis for a law. We've been through this already with Prop 8. The district court ruled in our case, moral disapproval alone is an improper basis on which to deny rights to gay men and lesbians. The evidence shows conclusively that Proposition 8 enacts, without reason, a private moral view that same-sex couples are inferior to opposite-sex couples. Proposition 8 fails to advance any rational basis in singling out gay men and lesbians for denial of a marriage license. So they're trying the same old tricks that they pulled four years ago with Prop 8. The difference is that this time we've had a trial, we've gathered evidence, and we've proven in court, twice, that banning marriage is unconstitutional no matter what state you're in. At the American Foundation for Equal Rights, I'm Matt Baum. Thanks for watching. Two new anti-gay ads just started running in Maine this week, and as usual, they're full of misleading, hurtful statements. I'm Matt Baum with the American Foundation for Equal Rights. Welcome to a special episode of Marriage News Watch. We can break down the claims in these commercials by using testimony from AFER's Prop 8 trial. That case was like a marriage equality truth commission that, for the first time, examined our opponents' claims in federal court of law. And we found that in court, where there's no room to hide behind misleading statements and vague threats, the arguments of our opponents just melt away. They have no basis in fact. Here's the first commercial. If question one passes redefining marriage, we can expect consequences for Mainers. Let's stop right there. Question one is the ballot measure that would allow the state to issue marriage licenses to gay and lesbian couples. If it doesn't pass, the consequence for Mainers is clear. No marriage for gays and lesbians. That's immediately harmful to those couples and their children. So what are they claiming are the consequences if it does pass? That's a lot less clear. I was a successful school counselor in Maine for over 20 years, once nominated as Teacher of the Year. Yet, when I supported traditional marriage, they tried to get me fired. This is Don Mendel, and what he's not telling you is that he didn't just support an anti-gay law. He went on television and attacked gay and lesbian Mainers, despite being a school counselor at a public school. Here he is back in 2009. Prevent homosexual marriage from being pushed on Maine students. Mendel wrote that LGBT couples, quote, use children's trusting nature to turn them against natural law, unquote. 
Words like these do profound harm to young gay and lesbian people, especially when they come from a school counselor. That's why he was investigated. When gay marriage has become law elsewhere, people who disagree with it have been fired, sued, fined, and punished. There are a lot of problems with this statement. Don wasn't fired, sued, fined, or punished. The complaints against him were dismissed. And marriage equality wasn't even law during this time. So whether or not gay and lesbian couples could get married, the complaints against him would have been exactly the same. In other words, marriage equality didn't cause his problems. He caused them by speaking out against the very kids in his care. The fact is, nobody gets punished just for having an opinion. There are only consequences for harassing people or attacking them, using public resources to discriminate, or using your position of authority to cause harm. And that's just what these marriage bans do. During the Prop 8 trial, Professor Lee Badgett testified that laws like Prop 8, quote, inflicted substantial economic harm on same-sex couples and their children. And Professor Gary Segura pointed out, quote, there is no group in American society who has been targeted by ballot measures more than gays and lesbians. Now let's take a look at the second ad. Marriage as a man and a woman has served Maine for hundreds of years. Well, it served some people for hundreds of years. Others, like gay and lesbian Mainers, have been out of luck. Marriage is more than what adults want for themselves. It's also about the next generation. That's true, and it's why it's so important that gay and lesbian parents be allowed to get married, not just for themselves, but for the children that they're raising. One of the Prop 8 proponents' own witnesses admitted as much on the stand during the trial. David Blankenhorn testified, quote, same-sex marriage would likely contribute to more stability and to longer-lasting relationships for same-sex couples, unquote. He added that the freedom to marry, quote, would extend a wide range of natural and practical benefits of marriage to many lesbian and gay couples and their children, unquote and that it would be, quote, a victory for the worthy ideas of tolerance and inclusion, unquote. Blankenhorn's admissions are persuasive, so persuasive, in fact, that he eventually changed his mind, and now he's a supporter of marriage equality. Straight couples do a great job of raising the next generation, but they're not the only ones doing it. Maine law prohibits discrimination against gays and lesbians. That's true, and the reason that we prohibit discrimination is that it hurts all of society and helps no one. As the Ninth Circuit ruled, quote, Prop 8 serves no purpose and has no effect other than to lessen the status and human dignity of gays and lesbians in California. The Constitution simply does not allow for laws of this sort. And same-sex couples already have the legal protections of marriage in virtually all matters. Did you catch that? Virtually all matters. They're admitting that domestic partnerships are unequal, but trying to make it okay by saying, in essence, close enough. Anything remaining can be addressed without redefining marriage. No, it can't. We've tried. You need an army of lawyers and thousands of dollars to try to close the gap between a domestic partnership and marriage, and it still won't be the same. Not to mention, California's had domestic partnerships since 1999, and every single year they have to pass new laws to try to close loopholes that prevent gay and lesbian couples from being treated equally. At this point in our nation's history, we can say with confidence that separate is not equal, and it never will be. We're now less than a month away from the election, and the polling in Maine is encouraging, but it could still go either way, since surveys generally overstate support for the freedom to marry. Now is a crucial time to get involved in Maine, as well as in Maryland, Minnesota, and Washington. Visit afer.org election2012 for ways that you can support the freedom to marry in those states. Together, we can push back against these misleading, dangerous messages. At the American Foundation for Equal Rights, I'm Matt Baum. Thanks for watching. 
Well, that was a huge waste of NAM's money because they lost in both states, as well as in Minnesota and Maryland. 2012 was the last time marriage was on the ballot, and it's also the last time NAM ran election ads like these. I do kind of miss doing the rebuttals, but it's probably for the best that they're in the past. Next week, I'm going to take a look at a fascinating interview I did in 2011 with Alan Shane and Norman Sunshine. They have an incredible story about growing up closeted, working on Broadway, becoming the head of Warner Brothers Television, being arrested, getting married, and sharing an absolutely amazing life together. You won't want to miss it. Until then, listeners, please do get in touch and let me know your thoughts and questions on Twitter. I'm at Matt Baum. Leave a review on iTunes. Those reviews make a huge difference. Don't forget to hop over to Amazon to get Defining Marriage in print or via download. And if you do pick up a copy, it would mean a lot if you could leave an Amazon review with your honest opinion. Oh, also check out my other podcast, The Sewers of Paris, for revealing personal stories about the entertainment that changed the lives of gay men. And until next time, friends, by the power vested in me by the internet, I now pronounce this podcast over. <laughs>